This episode of Art of the Kickstart is sponsored by BackerKit. BackerKit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. Plus, if you want to create and send surveys, offer add-ons and pledge upgrades, or begin accepting pre-orders, BackerKit makes it simple. Over 2,000 projects and 4 million backers have used BackerKit, including many of the projects featured on Art of the Kickstart. Ready to try BackerKit? Visit BackerKit.com and sign up today. Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Command Partners, the top full-service crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped raise over $70 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by The Gadget Flow, a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. The Gadget Flow is the ultimate buyer's guide for cool luxury gadgets and creative gifts. To learn more, visit thegadgetflow.com. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am joined with Randy Hollister with the Growler Chill. Randy, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. All right, so this Growler Chill is kind of the current trending topic on Kickstarter. You guys have created this household countertap for growlers. Now, I know our community is a, a lot of beer drinkers out there, so please tell our audience where did this start and what's the backstory on this product? Well, the whole idea is it's a, it's a product that'll keep three craft beer growlers cold, fresh, and on tap right on your countertop. And it started, I have a, a millennial-age son who uh, was uh, looking for something like a kegerator, but for growlers, couldn't find it, called me up one day, well, a year ago, uh, Father's Day, and said, hey, Dad, I think there's something you need to invent. And I started looking, and uh, it wasn't out there, and it needed to be. So I uh, started fiddling around with some things in the garage and sketching out some designs, and uh, a year and a half later, we have a product. Truly impressive. So, you know, you guys launched on Kickstarter with a lofty goal. You guys hit that pretty much in the first day. What, uh, what led to the success of your overall launch? Well, we, uh, we, we did a couple of things differently. First, we, we had been working at uh, a beer festival since last spring, about 11 months ago. Started touring the country, going where craft beer drinkers were, talking about the product. Uh, for a lot of those times, all we had was a, a rendering on a, on a board to show them what we were thinking of building and trying to get feedback from people, figure out what it is. And at the same time, we were collecting email addresses and started building up our social media following. And so when we launched, we, we, had, a, we had a pretty good um, uh, stack of, uh, of, uh, of uh, contacts that we could reach out to and say, the time has come. And, that, uh, that, and then we, we also made a change. Uh, we wanted to do time-based rewards rather than quantity-based, which uh, it seemed to work out well for us. We wanted to have a really big first day. Uh, in the first uh, 11 hours, we, we broke into the top 3% of all funded uh, Kickstarters. And by 19 hours into our first day, we had blown out our goal. So that strategy seems to have been effective. 
Indeed it has. You know, one of the things we're always trying to promote our campaigns and, you know, on the show itself is the preparedness necessary to not only embark into a crowdfunding campaign, but to ensure its success on the first day. So, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, obviously you you went where, you know, fish where the fishers are, drink where the, the beer drinkers were. You know, outside of that, what were some of the other preparatory aspects to the campaign? When we when we first had the idea, uh, we knew what we I, I'd build a feature list. I knew what the product had to do, but then we had to figure out what it needed to look like. And we saw, I mean, we were going to William Sonoma and Bed Bath and Beyond and anywhere that sold you know kitchen type appliances to see what does the look and feel have to be. What are people buying? And uh, and put together then a design that would uh, complement the the feature set. And then we took that design, renderings of that, and we, we did focus groups. We went to our, our local uh, brewery here in Myrtle Beach, New South, and uh, they, they brought in, invited a bunch of their customers in. We sat at a picnic table in the brew house and started showing them designs. Gee, do you want two taps? Do you want three? Do you like this retro look or this Euro modern style? That kind of thing. To really try to get a handle on, on what the market was going to be willing to accept. So what would you say the biggest challenge thus far that you guys have encountered while designing the product? Well, uh, I, I won't say exactly a challenge, but we learned a lot by talking to customers at beer festivals and talking to brewers. Several new features. We were probably six or seven months into the six months into the project when uh, when basically a brewer told us, you know, we, the real problem we had to solve was getting the oxygen out. Uh, we were focused more on just keeping the beer under pressure and keeping it cold and dark. He said, uh, you're, you're not going to get the, the length of, uh, of freshness if you can't purge the oxygen. So then we started working on that, modified the design, and that, that turned out to probably be the key feature of the, of the device because uh, for those who are craft beer fans and those who aren't, uh, growlers uh, have a problem, and that is when you take the lid off that bottle when you get it home, you've got you know a day or so to consume that before oxygen starts to take its toll and loss of carbonation. So what we set out to do is tackle the perishability problem so that your beer would last for weeks, and now you can have two or three varieties on hand. You may not want to drink a whole half gallon of a chocolate stout tonight. So this gives you the opportunity to have that variety. And that was probably key to our uh, to the success of the project. Absolutely. Uh, can you talk to our listeners a little bit more about how you've actually partnered with some of the breweries to help promote your campaign? Yeah, we've, we breweries have a, a real interest in the success of our product because of that perishability problem. It limits how much people can bring home in a growler. For those that uh, aren't real intimately familiar with the craft beer business, it, it's an exploding market. It's it's where all the gr- growth in uh, in the beer business is. The industry as a whole is down slightly, but craft is up about seventeen to twenty percent the last several years. We now have five thousand craft breweries in the United States, growing about twenty percent a year. So it's it's really taken off. But there are more than 100,000 different brews that are not available in a bottle or a can. And so if you don't want to sit at a bar or at a brewery drinking it, if you want to bring it home, the only way to do it is to, to have a, a take-home container. And the 64-ounce the glass growler is uh, the one container legal in all 50 states 
that uh, make it uh, cheap and uh, reliable to bring beer home, but you had to solve perishability. And the brewers love it because now people are willing to buy more than one at a time and uh, not have to worry about going bad. Interesting. So I know you mentioned that you guys have been, you know, on on the circuit, if you will, trying to get out in front of breweries or in front of your consumers. And obviously that that takes a bit of capital. You know, with all the marketing efforts, let's say that you guys have put forth for this project, where have you guys seen the biggest return? Well, we we're kind of doing everything, uh, throwing everything at it. We we had amassed uh, over 15,000 emails from uh, folks who said, tell me when I can buy it. We uh, we're over fifteen thousand followers on on Facebook, uh, about thirty five hundred I think on Twitter, and a couple thousand on Instagram. And we're we're using all of those channels, and particularly during the Kickstarter uh, campaign, doing a lot of retargeting, and and really using all the tools we can. And it's been uh, I think it's been pretty effective for us. We had uh, we had been doing craft beer festivals. I think we've done about fifteen or sixteen of them in the last uh, 11 months. And if you look at Kickstarter's uh, statistics for the uh, most popular cities for our backers, only two of the 10 are cities we've gone to with our little roadshow. The the other eight of the top 10, including I think the top seven, are all places we haven't been. So that's strictly our marketing reach that's getting to those people. Yeah, it's definitely uh, an extended reach with the social media that's out there. So tell me a little bit about your experience with your backers so far. I know that you've been engaging the crowds pre-campaign, but have you gotten much feedback? And if so, how are you guys managing that feedback and promoting it, you know, with the campaign itself? I seem to be living on Kickstarter since our launch. Uh, we, we're getting just an incredible amount of both messaging and comments, awful lot of, uh, of private messages. Where we we try to get back to them, you know, within minutes, and uh, a lot of folks have been very appreciative of the responsiveness, and we've gotten some great ideas from people. We 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 got a uh, a product enhancement really uh, suggested uh, in our comments after we kind of blew through the goal. One of our commenters said, "You know, uh, for a stretch goal, why don't you include microbial uh, my antimicrobial uh, beer lines?" that uh, last longer and, and uh, don't get funky as, uh, as soon. And uh, that's something we actually hadn't considered doing. And uh, we quickly ordered some, uh, some of the lines so we could start testing it. It just came in Monday. And uh, we're, we're out right now uh, testing to make sure because different beer lines have different uh, friction levels and stuff. So we have to make sure it'll work. But that was a great suggestion. It, it'll give us a good marketing uh, edge uh, if we're able to incorporate it. But uh, those comments have proved very valuable to us. Now, it's great that, you know, obviously you're engaging the community, taking that feedback, potentially introducing new stretch goals or new ideas from them. So that, that's great to see. You know, what, what's been the biggest surprise thus far that you guys have encountered with the active campaign? I suppose the one that surprises me the most is the number of uh, new to Kickstarter backers that we've had. Uh, we're we're running right about forty five percent of the folks who are backing the the product who uh, who have never done a Kickstarter before. And at price points, our our opening price point was at three thirty nine. The tiers run from have run from three thirty nine to three ninety nine. And at that price point, I was uh, I'm surprised to see that many new folks coming in. I thought it would be more seasoned uh, 
Kickstarter uh, backers. So I, I was pleasantly surprised with that. Interesting. So what advice would you give to someone else that's looking to kickstart their beer product like this? Well, we, we actually knew early on that we'd do a Kickstarter for the, to, to prove the market because there had already been well over $3 million raised successfully on uh, craft beer-related products. So we knew that our audience was there. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of our target demographic was uh, in the Kickstarter community, and that helped a lot. About, I think we're currently at uh, 43% of our, uh, of our backers are, have come from, uh, from within Kickstarter, that is the Kickstarter, uh, the various media or people searching and finding it in there versus uh, external. So uh, I think the key is, uh, you know, find those projects that, that relate to your industry or to your, your niche and then uh, uh, study them very carefully, see what they did, how they did it, what changes you'd want to make. It's very curious if you, if you go in and look at, at the pattern for when the uh, backing comes in with different, uh, different projects, they're all over the box. So if you can kind of recreate what, what others have done, it lets you know either what to avoid or, or what to, uh, what to uh, mimic. Absolutely. Some solid advice there. Randy, this gets us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a few questions at you. You good to go? I'm ready. All right. So what inspired you to be a beer, beer I was trying to be clever with a beer, beer, <laughs> entrepreneur. How about that? Well, uh, again, it all, it all came from the idea. I, I've done two successful startups before, but they were both in the software world. I never built a widget before, and uh, so I'm I, I'm predisposed to take an idea and turn it into something. But uh, this one really did come out of the blue with a phone call from my son, and and it's been just great fun. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful world. The community is just terrific to to uh, to work with both of of brewers and uh, the consumers. What's your favorite beer? Boy, I, I drink just about everything. I, I, my, uh, my son came back from the national championship, uh, football game down in Tampa and brought me a six pack of Cigar City High Lie. So that's my beer this week. All right. So say you could share that six pack with, uh, any entrepreneur throughout history. Who would it be? Uh, I'd probably, uh, this goes back, but I'd probably say Edison. Uh, this is, uh, th that guy had no quit in him and just was a fountain of innovation and, uh, and ideas. So what would be your first question for Mr. Edison? You know, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'd ask him one. Uh, I, I would just want to absorb what I could learn from the guy. Uh, just, uh, that, that, uh, incredible, incredible range of things that he conceived and then went one step further and, and actually, you know, built them. Impressive. So what, uh, what book is on your nightstand? Right now, I have not got any time for reading. Uh, my, my last uh, startup-related one, the one that kind of uh, meant a lot for, for me was uh, the Lean Startup. That, uh, you know, fail fast, uh, find the problem, get, get on with it. That has been a, a pretty good mantra for me, uh, particularly as we've run into little engineering challenges. Uh, you know, find the way around it. Just keep, keep, keep digging. For recreational reading, I think the last one I read was uh, McCulloch's uh, The Wright Brothers. Impressive. Yeah, obviously a good read for the Carolinas, right? Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> Last question in the rapid fire round, Randy. Uh, what does the future of crowdfunding look like? Well, I I have to hope. I you know it's a regulatory problem, but I hope crowdfunding becomes equity crowdfunding too. I I love seeing uh, the move of of big companies into crowdfunding. Like you know, Whirlpool put a, a beer product out there last uh, last year. I think there'll be more of it because it is such a great way to engage uh, your your target base and and for small companies like this that that just have an idea to start with and uh, it, it gives you a way of proving the market before you had to make a few thousand of them and that makes all the difference in the world if you can extend it like uh, done in the UK and other places where you can actually do uh, equity crowdfunding at realistic levels without a whole lot of uh, of paperwork, then I think that that would really uh, be a big uh, boost to entrepreneurism. Absolutely. And that's our hope as well, you know, for clients and companies like yourself that do a reward-based crowdfunding, prove their product fits the market, and then potentially, you know, once those companies deliver that product, allow those people to invest into the company. Absolutely. I think it's going to be unique what we see here, especially this year now with it you know, coming a little bit more into fruition. So, Randy, this has been awesome. Please give our audience your pitch. Tell them what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should go buy a Growler Chill. Well, Growler Chill is the countertop appliance that lets you keep three craft beer growlers, cold, fresh, and on tap, right on your countertop, out of your fridge. And uh, the beer will last about uh, three weeks so that you have time to enjoy it on your time and not the beer's time. And you can, uh, you can back us on, on uh, Kickstarter. Uh, we, you can find us at growlerchill.com. And uh, there's a link to the Kickstarter campaign from there. And uh, uh, cheers. Cheers indeed. Audience, thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the show notes, a full transcript, links to the campaign, and everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and BackerKit. Randy, thank you again for being a guest. Hey, thank you, Roy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes and our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. If you've loved this episode, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help build your business. If you need a more hands-on crowdfunding strategy, please feel free to request a quote on commandpartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you soon.